Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. As disciples of Jesus Christ, one of our greatest privileges is to participate in the sacrament of communion. Participating in the Lord's Supper, receiving the body and blood of Christ, is an overwhelmingly wonderful time to contemplate and remember Jesus and only Jesus. Let's open our Bible now that we might learn and receive the incredible blessings of communion with Jesus. Well, good morning and welcome to a, another teaching. It's a Thursday morning here in Texas and we have a we have a special teaching this morning. My uh my wife May had come to me around three days ago, and she had uh, she had asked for a teaching on communion, on uh, on the body and blood of Christ, and specifically on on you know taking the body and blood of Christ, and you know and how to do it, and uh, you know specifically she wanted me to teach on how someone can do it, you know uh, by themselves, or how they can do it with you know with a friend or with a family member, and so we're going to discuss communion today. Um, it's a, it's communion is a sacrament. Um, it's a holy thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, but there, there are, there are many misunderstandings, uh, regarding communion. Um, and so hopefully we're going to, we're going to straighten that out today. And so it's a father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, your favor, your love on our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for for coming into this world for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a, a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. And we thank you that you are alive and risen today and we, we worship you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to give us eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that, that understand your word and this topic of communion. Father, we commit it all into your hands now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so first we're going to read um, the communion accounts in Matthew 26, in uh, Mark 14, and in Luke 22. So we're in Matthew 26, and we're going to start in verse 34. I'm sorry, Matthew 26, we're going to start in verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you, in my father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. All right, now let's turn to, to Mark chapter 14. Mark 14. And we're going to start reading in verse 22. Mark 14, verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. 
Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Verse 26, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. All right, now let's turn to Luke 22. Luke 22, and I believe we're going to start reading in verse 19. Let me check. Okay. Um, actually, no. Um, we're going to start reading in verse 14. All right, Luke 22, we'll start in verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles were reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19, And he took the bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to him, to that man who betrays him. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Now the phrase that, that's imperative we remember here is when you look at verse 19, Luke twenty-two nineteen, And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The communion ceremony, the sacrament of communion, when we take the, the bread and the, you know, and the, and the juice or the wine, um, and I do have, you know, I have it set up here. We're going to do this at, uh, at the end of this. Um, my wife, May, and, and Stephen is, uh, is going to join us. Um, we're going to receive communion. I have the elements there. Um, but when we do this, what's imperative is that we remember Jesus. The entire ceremony of communion is not about us. It's about remembering him, remembering what Jesus has done for us, remembering that it was Jesus who created this world and that it was Jesus who willingly entered this world when it went bad because of us. Then it was Jesus we remember that lived a perfect righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. And it was Jesus who then died a, a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. We, we remember Jesus. And of course we remember that he is alive and risen today, okay? But this entire ceremony of communion is given to us. It's given to us as a blessing that we might be more intimate with Jesus, that we might know him more, that we might reflect on him more, 
The only command we have from Jesus in doing this communion ceremony is to remember him, to think about him, to consider him, remember the sacrifice that he made for you. Remember that he, he came into this world and specifically lived a perfect life even for you. And that he died a torturous death even for you. And you just remember this, this incredible love and sacrifice that Jesus made on your behalf. The entire ceremony is about thinking about Jesus. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 11. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Okay. 1 Corinthians 11. And I believe we're going to start in around verse 17, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, yes, we're going to start in 17. All right. Now, before we go into that, you know, we've just discussed that the entire ceremony is about remembering Jesus and thinking about Jesus. One of the, one of the great issues we're going to call them, one of the great problems, one of the, one of the terrible failures of, of having communion and when we have communion, and most of us only have had it at church, is that, is that we we've been led oftentimes mistakenly um, to remember ourselves more than remembering Jesus. Most of us, you know, as Christians have been to, uh, you know, to many communion ceremonies, right? And if you think about the communion ceremonies you've, you've been to, you know, you probably remember the pastor reading from here in, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 11. Um, and, you know, and at some point, you know, you've been led to some type of confession or some type of repentance during the communion. It's imperative we understand that's nowhere here, nowhere in the Lord's Supper, nowhere in this time of communion are we directed by Paul to, to repent of our sin or to confess our sin. Now hear me. The, the, the last two teachings to come out, or the one that came out, and I believe part two is on repentance. Um, myself and Stephen and my wife May, before we, you know, before we began this teaching, all of us had a time of repentance and a time of prayer and a time of confession. It's an imperative part of being a, you know, a growing disciple of Jesus Christ. But it, it ought not be a part of this ceremony. We've all, you know, we've all been to a communion ceremony and, you know, they pass out the elements and, and then, you know, again, mistakenly, uh, the pastor will lead you in a time where you're supposed to think about your own life, remember your own life. And somehow in that 30 seconds or minute, I don't know how long, it's not long that you get, right? You're supposed to get your whole self cleaned up, your whole life in order in that one minute, Okay. It's, it's ridiculous, okay? It's, it's not biblical. Remember, the only command we have from Jesus, the only thing he asked us to do in this 
is to remember him, to think about him. We spend our entire lives all day long, I confess, I'm thinking about me, thinking about me, my life, my wife, my kids, my ministry, my problems, my frustrations, my irritations, my money, my finances, my shower, my lunch. It's all about me. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm working as a disciple to take my mind off me more and more. All our Lord asked, all our master asked, all our King Jesus asked was that during this specific time, during these moments when we take communion, can we, can we at least during this time just stop thinking about ourselves? If you think about it, Jesus commanded us to remember him, to do this whenever you do it in remembrance of me. And yet we spend the whole time turning it back on us, remembering ourselves. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And yet during the communion, all I'm doing is remembering me trying to rack my mind as to you know what I need to do better and how I need to repent and what sins I need to confess. Because somehow by me doing that, I'm gonna be made more right with God and able to receive these elements. It's not biblical. Now I'll say again, confess your sins before you take communion. Confess your sins after you take communion. Spend time in repentance throughout your days, absolutely. But when it comes time for this, when it comes time, when you have the elements before you, you want your heart and your mind to be focused on Jesus and as much as you can on only Jesus. This is not a time for you to examine yourself and think about all the things in your life that you need to do better. This is not a time for you to confess your sins. Again, when you think about all these things, you're thinking about yourself in your life and what's going on in your life. And for that matter, if we're going to think about everything that we're doing wrong before we take communion or during this time, then we might as well think about everything we're doing right as well. And so do you see how we turn our thoughts? Clearly, our thoughts are more on ourselves than they are on Jesus. And, and it is by and far the biggest reason that people don't experience Christ in a more deep and intimate and profound way during this time of communion. I cannot stress this enough. It's not about me. There are so many things I need to fix. The closer we grow to Jesus, the more we can see the areas of our life, the more I can see the areas of, of selfishness in my life that I need to improve on, the more I can see that I really do, you know, have a heightened sense of injustice, meaning I just want to be respected in all the time. The more I can just see the just different levels of, of immaturity in my life, different aspects of self-serving behavior. And, and I am somewhat consistently repenting over that and laboring to get better at that. But this is not the time for me to think about me. 
And again, when, when, when most ministers have led people in communion, they're, 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 they don't explain it, but they're thinking about if you have any gross sin in your life. So if you're, you know, if you're in adultery or if you're in, you know, if you're lying all the time or, or stealing or just, you know, but again, in no way can you get right with Jesus or make yourself worthy, which we can't do in any manner by somehow examining ourselves. And in that 30 seconds we get in church to make ourselves right, right? Okay, Lord Jesus, I'm really focusing on this. I'm sorry about everything I did. I'm sorry that I used that foul language. I'm sorry I didn't treat my wife good. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, bring on the elements, I'm good now. It, it's, it's ridiculous, okay? It's not in here, okay? The doctrine of repentance and confession when we receive the communion elements during the time that we're doing communion is nowhere to be found in here. And so for most of us, this is going to be a, a revelation. I remember I was talking to my brother, my brother, John, we call him Johnny D. And he had come to me at one time. I forget, uh, I forget when it was, but he had shared with me that, you know, you know, he's just, you know, he's a disciple of Jesus Christ and he's trying to walk with Jesus and, and grow to know him. But, you know, there's still just, just there were parts of his life that he just wanted to do better in. You know what I mean? He, he just man of God and walking with Jesus. But, you know, his devotion to Jesus wasn't what he wanted to be. And, you know, there were just things that, you know, you know, just, you know, like me, just different aspects of selfishness and stuff like that. And, and you know, it would really, really grieve him. And, you know, his mind would be consumed with this during communion. He'd be racking his brain trying to be so sorry to Jesus thinking about the things in his life that he needs to do better and wants to do better. And when he shared that with me and when I, and when I shared this teaching with him, and I don't know if you remember it, Johnny, but he was emotional. And he had said, John, I, I'd never heard that. And, and, and such freedom came to him. And it wasn't a freedom that he was okay with any sin in his life, but he was free for this moment of time when he's taking the communion elements for in just these moments to not have to think about himself or anything about his life and about what he's doing wrong or right, but just to think about Jesus. Every single one of us has things in our lives, y'all, that are out of place. I'd have to take a vacation day to fix it. This is not the time to do that. The very reason we need to do this is because although we're saved in Christ, we are sinful people. And as we take this sacrament, as we engage in this sacrament, it brings us more closely to Jesus, more close to Jesus in our walk with him. It, it brings us more close to Jesus in our relationship with him. It's a mercy given to us. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk, don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. So 
the Corinthian church had so badly misunderstood what it meant to really participate in the supper. Now, again, we don't know exactly what this means. During that time, you know, the church would come together. They would have meals together. And again, you you know, some people would have nothing. Some people would gorge themselves on the food. Nobody would wait. Everyone would just eat. And, And possibly they'd be doing this with the communion elements, right? Can you imagine that, right? Just, man, I'm hungry. Well, there's all that communion bread. Let me dig into that and have that as a meal. There's the wine. I'm going to go get lit up on the communion wine. Right? It just sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? So verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So once again, now Paul repeating what Jesus said. Do you see that Jesus didn't give any instructions here? All he wants you to do during this time, Linz, is to remember him. Just remember Jesus. And I'm Man, I get emotional because I just think about me too much. But one, and that's okay for now. Right now, think about yourself. Think about how you want to be better for Jesus. But when we go into this time of communion, we're not going to think about ourselves anymore. Verse 26, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And now here I'll explain what does he mean in verse 27? Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Verse 29, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Did you hear that? So what is it? How were the Corinthians, okay? Obviously, if you're just taking communion bread like it's your lunch, you're not recognizing the body of the Lord. If you're taking, you know, the communion elements, the communion wine or the juice, and you're not recognizing and remembering Jesus and thinking about the blood of Christ, thinking about his death and the blood he shed on the cross for you and remembering that, but you're just using it because you're thirsty or because, you know, you, you want to have a drink of wine, then you're not recognizing the body and blood of the Lord. And obviously, like it says, he Paul says to the Corinthians, right? You know, well, what did he say? When you come together, it's not the Lord's supper you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anyone else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Okay. If, if this is how you're using the communion elements, You know, all you're caring about is yourself. Boom, you're just pounding all the bread you can into your mouth, getting drunk, lit up on the wine. Yeah, I guess we could understand pretty clearly how, you know, we're not taking it in the right way. So again, 
When he says, therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. An unworthy manner does not mean that, you know, you have some particular sin in your life. Okay. Again, all of us have sin in our life. And yes, there is sin that is worse. And there are sins that are more overt. And, 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 and everyone has a different lifestyle in this. And some Christians are living a, a very sinful lifestyle. Okay. But you don't make yourself worthy by your confession. You don't make yourself worthy by your repentance. Whatever the level of sin you're living in, in that 30 seconds, you're not making yourself worthy. That's not what Paul means here, okay? Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. So again, to do it in an unworthy manner is to, is to not recognize Jesus, right? So, you know, it's, it's not to say you're living in some terrible, sinful lifestyle. Again, of course, that's something we want to repent of, but not during this time. As we take communion, as we really remember Jesus in communion, this sacrament that's given to us will help us to live a less sinful and more holy life in Jesus. Does that make sense? All right, so... Here in a minute, myself and my wife and Stephen are gonna are gonna are gonna take communion, um, and we're gonna do it together. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how how I do communion. Um, again, you are. I encourage you. The Scripture encourage you. Jesus said, "Do this whenever you do it in remembrance of me." You can do it together at home with your family. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a priest to do this. If you're a Christian today, if you're trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, if you know that you're hopeless, helpless, desperate, and that without Jesus only hell awaits, and you're clinging to him alone for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, you can take communion you can do this sacrament of communion. You can have the Lord's Supper by yourself. Or you can do it with, again, a family member or a brother and sister in Christ. Or you can do it in Bible study. Or, of course, you can do it in, in church. It, it is a wonderful, wonderful, incredible blessing given to us by Jesus that we might know him better. And so when my... Uh, when my wife gets here, she's going to come in and, and do this with me. And then Stephen is also going to, going to share in this. And, uh, you know, we're going to go through this together. And what we're going to do, come on over, man. We're just going to, we're just going to remember Jesus. You're over here, honey. She's going to get a chair there. We're just going to, we're just going to remember Jesus. And I'm going to walk us through a, uh, a process to remember him. Thank you, Stephen. Um, Stephen works hard and does, you know, you've heard me mention his name before. Um, you know, these are the elements, and I'm going to talk about those for a second. This is just grape juice, and this is just, you know, little squares of bread. 
that uh, that that Stephen prepared for us from like a loaf of French bread uh, from downstairs. Okay, um, it doesn't have to be a special kind of bread. The point is not these physical elements. Okay, the 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 point is remembering Christ. Okay, um, I mean now again, um, uh, you know again. So just any type of grape juice is fine. If you want to use a little wine, that's fine. Um, and again, any any kind of bread is fine. I mean, I wouldn't go crazy, right? I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't use necessarily Kool Aid or maybe a shot of whiskey, like I said, because that's you know that's really not the point. But you know, just any type of grape juice and literally any kind of bread is can be used because again, these elements are not the point, but they're they're vehicles used to help us experience Jesus in the communion. So. Um, what we're going to do now is again, now we're going to go into the communion and all we're going to do is remember Jesus. Okay. So we're going to, you're going to bow your head and you're going to, you're going to close your eyes and I'm going to, I'm going to show you how a way that I, you know, try to remember Jesus during in this, during this ceremony. So Lord Jesus, we do come before you now and we remember you, Lord. Lord, we remember you now. Lord, we remember in John 11, Lord. Lord, when you came on a donkey, Lord, when our King, our God, humbled himself, we remember you, Lord. And even now we picture you in our mind, Lord. We picture you and try to remember and picture you riding on that donkey as you're riding into Jerusalem and, and the people are putting the, the palm branches before you and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King. We remember you, Jesus, and we see you, Lord. And Lord, even now, and we remember how in John 8, Lord, we remember when a woman was thrown before you, Jesus, it was said she was caught in adultery and she must be stoned, Lord. And a large crowd, Lord, of people stood with their stones ready to kill her. And we remember you now, Jesus. We remember you standing over that woman. We remember you standing between her and the angry crowd and looking at them all and saying, you who have not sinned, you throw the first stone at her. We remember you saving her, Lord. We remember every one of those men dropping those stones and walking away. And now, Lord, we remember you. We remember you on your knees in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating, which is, which is like blood. Lord, we remember you knowing that you were going to become sin and take on sin and take my sin, Lord. We remember you. We remember you saying, Father, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done, Lord. We remember you, Lord, submitting to the cross. And now, Lord, we remember you hanging on the cross. We remember you tortured for us. We remember you whipped. We remember a crown of thorns pushed into your skull, Lord, till you were bleeding. 
We remember you looking at your mockers saying, Father, forgive them. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. We remember you, Lord. Lord, we each take the bread now. And Lord, as, as one body, Lord, and one heart, we remember you, Jesus. We remember your body broken for us, Lord. We remember that you, you took the punishment for us, that you gave your life for us. We remember you now, Jesus, as we take and eat. Lord, in the same way, we take the cup now and we do remember, Lord, again, you hanging on the cross for us. Lord, we remember you. We remember the blood that you shed for us, Lord. We remember, Lord, that you are our perfect King and our God. And you came into this world that you might hang on this cross and suffer and shed your blood for us. And we remember you, Jesus. We remember you now and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, as we take and drink in remembrance of you. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you. We praise you and we love you, Lord. We remember you, Lord Jesus with thanksgiving and worship and praise in our heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. And so that's how we, that's how we, that's how we take communion. So again, I would encourage you, you can take it in your own home. There's no special place to take it. You can take it in a, in a cafe together, but remember Jesus. Think about Jesus. It's not a time to think about yourself. It's not a time to think about the things you've done wrong. It's not a time to think about the things you've done right. You can do it again at home. You can do it with friends. You can do it with family members. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a priest. All you need to do is remember Jesus. It doesn't matter what bread it is. It doesn't matter what juice it is. The elements are there to help us to remember Jesus and all that he's done for us. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. But above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for living a perfect life for us. We thank you for dying a torturous death for us, Lord, that we should have died. We thank you for hanging on that cross, Lord. We thank you for taking the punishment that was due us, Lord. We remember you in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. We ask you to forever give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear him, and hearts to understand him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.